Good morning, good morning, good morning, and thank you so very much for tuning in to our weekly podcast. This is Crossroads, and I am your host, moderator, and narrator, Lee Adams. I want to thank you for tuning us in again at 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time. This is Podcast Crossroads. Our symbol and emblem is that of the interstate system, 55 and north. I-55 traverses north and south. I-40 travels east and west. And where they meet together, it is the epicenter. It is the center point. It is crossroads. It is where north and south meets east and west with contemporary topics of interest with leading men and women who are in business, who are in industry, who are in government, who are in education, as we discuss topics that are relevant and pertinent to the citizens of this United States as well as the world. We thank you as we delve into topics dealing with community development and education and health and wellness and even our political climate. We have been dealing with some uh, topics along the racial lines and I want to let you know uh, the, the more education we have, the more we're able uh, to deal with and to grapple with some of the most compelling questions of our times. We're not here to condemn. We're not here to throw stones. We're here to enlighten. We've had men of renown who have joined us on this podcast. We had Professor Dr. C.L. Holly from Huntsville, Alabama, who discussed with us the implications of racism as it has dealt with business, industry, as it has uh, been uh, perpetrated and perpetuated uh, by the institution of the church propped up and held together by religiosity. We further traveled down south to Daytona Beach, Florida, where the eminent professor, Dr. Kimmons, Willie Kimmons, teacher and professor, college president, author, and man who is well-versed in education, took us, took us through a perspective from his own worldview as far as his childhood all the way up to his present being. We thank God for those men. We even looked into uh, the eyes, the lens of politics through a candidate by the name of Mr. Gary Tobar, who also took us somewhat through the political realm as it relates to his candidacy for state legislature 
District 55, state of Arkansas. And so we are traveling up and down, north and south and east and west. And just as we have traveled far south, today we want to travel far north. We thank you for tuning us in on today. We do have a very well-versed, very well-renowned well guest by the name of Mr. Calvin Jarrett. He is founding president of B Apparel Manufacturing Company Incorporated. And I say that BEE is building economic empowerment and you can't build anything without building blocks. And so we want to thank Mr. Jarrett for coming. Are you on the line, Mr. Jarrett? Yes, sir. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. All right. He is live on today. I want to thank him for all that he uh, has consented to do on today for us. Uh, Mr. Jarrett is, is well-versed uh, in the subject that we're about to discuss, and that he is manufacturing from the black perspective. I want to say to you this morning, thank you so very much. Uh, Mr. Jarrett has been uh, so helpful to us. Uh, we met him several years ago. Uh, part of a workshop that he was conducting uh, here in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, and we thank God uh, for him consenting to come on this morning. Uh, let me just give you a little background from what I know about him, uh, and that is uh, he's founding president of be a power manufacturing company, and he's a master tailor. Um, and he is um, highly knowledgeable uh, in the apparel industry. He has lengthy experience. He's not somewhat somebody that just uh, got off the boat, so to speak. And there are people who um uh, like in education, they spend all of their time in uh, the arena of learning. They get all of their credentials uh, theoretically in the classroom. And they've got all of the letters behind their name. And then they come and they wanna tell and show experienced and seasoned professionals how to do their job, but yet they have no practical experience. We're going to listen to Mr. Jarrett today, and I believe that he's well-versed to speak to us out of his own uh, worldview, his own knowledge, uh, and 
we'll be able to answer, excuse me, ask him some questions uh, and along the way and ask him if you're on the line, some things as well. But we want to allow Mr. Jarrett the opportunity to introduce himself and to go in any direction that he so desires. Uh, from the perspective of manufacturing to the perspective of people that he has met over the years and where does he go from here, which is always our last question. But without any further ado, I'd like to present to our podcast listening audience, Crossroads, on today, our very special guest, Mr. Calvin Jarrett. Uh, thank you, Dr. Adams, for inviting me. Uh, first of all, I would just like to, as you, uh, uh, a man of the cloth, I'd just like to thank God for allowing us to be here in a peaceful place because it's through his mercy that we're here today. We, well, I want to start, uh, we, we are at some uh, very, uh, uh, trying a uh, difficult uh, time right now, especially in the uh, in the black community. Uh, and I understand from being in the apparel manufacturing for over 40 years, I started when I was 16 years old and, and my product is worn by presidents, pro athletes, entertainers. We we play a major part in the apparel uh, manufacturing in America, which actually has left this country. And, and, and when I started out as a young man, I uh, knew that the sewing machine was the most powerful machine ever made. Because if we go back to the days of uh, uh, the South, where everybody was seamstress, and in, even in Chicago, it was one million people in the uh, sewing union when I started at 16 years old, and now it's down to zero. So that means that at least one million jobs in the apparel industry left Chicago alone. And, and we can uh, add that number all over the country when you start talking about the South and uh, uh where apparel was, uh, when I even look at uh, Arkansas, Fruit of the Loom was uh, in Arkansas, and now it, which is it's it's uh, like everything else. Everything we see now is made out of this country, and there's just no way that you can take a, a, a industry like that of that magnitude. Where's that? Every day we leave the house we put on at least seven apparel garments to clothe ourselves. And you're talking about 300 million people. So when you start talking about the numbers, I can easily identify why the black community is in the situation that it's in because sewing is the only industry that they can't replace with a robot. So at that point, then all of them jobs left this country. 
So as I look at my personal life and look at what a little bitty sewing machine done for me, just personally, and I've hired over 100 people over the years of, of starting this company, we just don't have to be in the situation that we in as a people. So I decided to rebuild the apparel industry in this country because it's a simple process. And as preachers talk about what they know, uh, mechanics talk about what they know, people talk about what they know. I know the apparel industry. And what I'm, what I'm deciding to do in this country is that go around the United States and rebuild our cities one sewing machine at a time, one product at a time, because our people just don't have to be in the situation we're in. And from an educational standpoint of the industry, when I first started in the pearl industry, the first thing that they told me and I'm in a room with nothing but white folks. They say, keep our product on their back. Keep our logo on their back. So our problem is this, that we support Nike. We support, and I'm just talking from a sportswear uh, realm. We support Nike. We support all of these, Adidas, Reebok, and all of these companies that don't support us. They take an athlete, put a, lo a logo as Michael Jordan, which a lot of people think Michael Jordan owned Nike or the Jumpman. Michael Jordan don't own none of that. Nike is owned by Philip Knight. And what we have to understand is this. The reason why we don't get the support that we get as a people, because we support everybody and don't nobody support us. So I tell people all the time, quit supporting people that don't support you. If you look at just today, when you turn on your news, when you look at the news, whoever broadcasting that, that, that news, you're going to see that, that channel's logo at least five times. Have you ever looked at TV and seen an athlete come on T on on the uh, interview and he have a cap on? And if it don't represent the Chicago Bulls, they black that thing out. So nobody is giving nobody uh, commercials but us. So I said to myself, I said, what we going to do, we going to go around this country and we going to just start creating our own uh, process. I could talk about my past. Man, I've made uh, jackets for presidents of the United States, uh, all the athletes from Michael Jordan on down. I've been representing Craig Hodges for 30-some years, uh, uh, taking him to the black community. That's why he's one of the most well-known athletes in this country, even though he was blackballed from the NBA just because he took a letter to George Bush and asked him uh, uh, why the conditions of our people are like this. Uh, I dress all 35 players in the NBA, wore my uniforms in high school. You know, my, my track record is so, is so strong that I don't even 
I don't even think about it anymore. If I took all the pictures and all the people I've been around in, in, in my life, it would be like a, a story that's that's unbelievable. But that wasn't my my goal wasn't to meet famous people and none of that stuff. My goal was to educate my people like I was educated. I got educated by a rich Jew at 16 years old, and he told me two things. He said, Calvin, you're one of the most smartest people I ever met, and if you ever become successful, go help your people. People don't know, at 16 years old, I designed FedEx uniforms. The, the uniform that Federal Express wear right today, is because I gave them their colors. When FedEx came to Chicago, a lot of people think FedEx was started in Memphis. FedEx was started in Elk Grove Village in Chicago. And my boss called me one day and he said, Kevin, we got a new company because we was making all the uniforms for the airlines. And he said, we uh, got a new company in, in Chicago and uh, the name of it is FedEx. They don't have no jackets. It's cold outside and they need jackets. So I, he said, go to the factory and figure it out. I went to the shop and I gave United Airlines, if you go back and look at United Airlines, their colors were navy blue and fluorescent orange. And I took the United patch off of that coat and I sent it to FedEx. And I talked to Fred Smith one day, the founder of FedEx, and he said, Calvin, you're exactly right. They, had, they didn't have no colors. So I made their colors navy blue, fluorescent white, and orange. And that was 1972 when I was a real, real little kid. So I have a lot of history. I was the first person to do long shorts. The first team to wear long basketball shorts was Peoria Emanuel. Howard Nathan, rest his soul, which one of the top basketball players to ever play in the state of Illinois, was on the same summer camp with Jawan Howard. And Jawan Howard seen Howard Nathan's shorts. And Jawan Howard took that idea to Michigan the next year. And after that, every team in the NBA wore long shorts. So I did a lot of things out here that people don't even realize came out of B Manufacturing Company. But, and that's just a little bit about my history. But my goal right now for 2020, going into 2021, is to make sure that our people have an opportunity out here in a field that we dominated so strong through our grandmothers and great-grandmothers. But what people don't fail to realize, when you say a seamstress, that's why I tell people don't ever call me a seamstress. I'm a master tailor, but I'm also the owner of a manufacturing company. A seamstress is like a person that works in a uh, Ford Motor Company where they put the door handles on but they don't know how to make a car. A seamstress might do sleeves in a jacket for 25 years and never know how to make a jacket. So I don't allow people to call me a seamstress because I can take a sewing machine and make anything I want to make. So the, the thing is that we, we have, it's all about understanding now. We have to understand what we're doing out here. So the sewing industry, it was so powerful that they had to take it out of this country. And Bill Clinton did it. So when you go back to NAFTA, NAFTA allowed all of our factories to leave this country. So look at the jobs that we lost. Just going to Walmart. It's 2,500 Walmart stores. They got a million 
pieces of clothes in every Walmart. And I'm not talking about all the other retail stores. You can go in your house right now and look in your closet. And everything in your closet comes from another country. So how do you think you how do you think America can survive like that? And it all goes back to the black community. So my job is easy. The hardest part that I have in rebuilding the pearl industry in 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 in, our, in, in America is convincing our people that we got to quit wearing other people's logos. That's where it mm-hmm. starts. Can you imagine, Dr. Adams, have you ever went in McDonald's and seen somebody in there with a Burger King uniform on? I can't recall. Just, just think about that. So the problem with us is this. Black people don't have no uniform. We don't have a uniform. What, you think the Bulls, you think one of the Bulls players can play the Memphis Grizzly in a Memphis Grizzly uniform? I doubt very seriously that It's just that simple. We have no uniform. So God gave me in Memphis, down there with you, a vision mm-hmm. to create a uniform for our people. So I came up with MLK. So I went to the National Civil Rights Museum. And I got the contract to do the jackets for the National Civil Rights Museum. So I said, and God gave me the spirit to say, okay, we got to do something where people understand. See, I, it's hard to sell bead manufacturing to our people because our people are so hung up on Nike and Reebok and all of this nonsense that ain't got nothing to do with us. So I said, okay, God gave me the spirit to say, okay, we're going to give them a, a, a something where they ain't going to challenge. I said, okay. The greatest man that ever lived was Martin Luther King when it come down to our people. Might probably white folks too. And when I met with Minister Farrakhan, he said to me, he said, Calvin, he said they would never challenge that. So I said, I'm going to create a MLK line for our people. And that's going to be our uniform. And we in our third year, so from that day, from 2018, Everything, every day, when I leave my house, I have on a Martin Luther King something because Mm -hmm. that's what I represent. I see people now with a pair of Nike gym shoes on, a pair of Reebok pants, Adidas hat. I'm like, come on, people. What is our problem? I look at you right now and I don't see nothing that represents you. If you don't do nothing but wear something plain, take a magic marker and write your name on your T-shirt. That's our biggest problem, Dr. Adams. Identity. We can't. We ain't got no identity, man. We have no idea who we are. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. no idea who we are. And my B, which people love, but it's not, they don't know mm-hmm. that it's ordained in, by white America. Dr. Adam, do you know when I got a, when I get a school contract from the Board of Education, 95% of my money come from white America. Mm-hmm. 
95% of my product is war by black people. But 90% of my money come from my white America because the Board of Education write me a check, not the basketball coach. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So yes. as long as I've been in business, people love my product, but they don't understand white America love it more than they do. Because they know my product is absolutely well made. But the problem is our people are so conditioned, Dr. Adams, is that we don't understand how to help each other, man. And it saddens me. When I look at the way I live, Dr. Adams, it 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 I'm I'm embarrassed sometimes. And, 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 and it bothers me because I said, why could, how could a person take a little sewing machine and create a life as I, as I created and other people can't see it? Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, 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 that my children say to me all the time, they say, daddy, you already made it. I'm like, made it where? Where have I made it? Because mm-hmm. we living in this a seven, eight, hundred thousand dollar house that I sleep in the garage. I don't know when the last time I slept in my bedroom because mm-hmm. I'm so hurt because I walk out of my door and I see people sleeping under Vidoc and I got a house with four bedrooms in that people ain't slept in in four or five years. So I said to myself, I got to go out here and we got to fight Dr. Adams because our people are so conditioned to believe in stuff that ain't have nothing to do with us. That's a great word, uh, Mr. Jarrett, conditioning. And most of it is uh, negative conditioning. And if you continue to do everything the same way all of the time, you definitely will get the same results. And I appreciate you using that word conditioning. And let me just interject something that I learned many, many years ago uh, from a company called Success Motivation Institute out of Waco, Texas. And one of the things that was one of the illustrations are two of them. And one of the things is, is that you ask the question, how is it possible for a large elephant that weighs uh, so many hundreds of pounds, tons, and has so much superhuman strength can be tethered to a little stake with a little chain on his around his ankle. And what I was told, it has to do with negative conditioning that as a a young baby, that elephant uh, is tethered uh, to something that is strong, like around a big tree. And he pulls and he pulls and he pulls and he cannot move. And over conditioning over time, after a while, as that elephant grows up, his mind becomes conditioned to the fact that that which is around his ankle and that which is tied to that big tree will not allow him to move. 
And so when the elephant trainer wants him to stay put, he just uses a little small stake and drives it in the ground. And because of that negative conditioning, mm -hmm. that elephant has the mindset that it cannot move itself because it is tied to a stake. The second thing is, is the flea or the jumping uh, flea, the flea, the jumping flea, um, that if you put it in a jar and he attempts to get out and every time he hits his head up on the lid, after a while, he becomes so conditioned that he knows that every time he jumps a certain height that he's going to be hitting his head and bouncing back. And even when they take the jar off the lid, he won't jump out of the lid. And so that's the way negative conditioning has worked uh, for us here in America. I just wanted to bring that as an illust illustration out uh, to uh, quantify what you're speaking. Go ahead, sir. Yes, sir. So God has given me and ordained me to come up with a product. So I came up with a product, and I and and and, and it, it, we did it in Chicago three years, and we started in Memphis, and uh, now we're getting ready to take it all over the world. Because at the end of the day, my goal is this, Dr. Adams: people don't want no big old, big old, big old life right now, man. People just want to survive out here, you know. And I think that if we just if we just took care of the stuff the little stuff in our communities, in our communities. And I think 2021 is going to be a great start for us to start building, building back our communities, uh, one sewing machine at a time, one product at a time. We go into the schools, we spend money with each other that, that we have. You know, we ain't selling gas, so we ain't selling the little things that we need every day. But let's figure out what we can do to support each other. Let's just use the stuff that's necessary that we need every day. And I go to the school system, and I was the first person to run Nike out of Chicago. And it wasn't the point of me running Nike out of Chicago. It was the point that if we make product, Nike, and you want to supply our schools with uniform, why don't you come to us and let us break the product? Nike is a distributing company. They don't manufacture nothing. So why would you go all the way over to China, bring some product back to the ghettos of Chicago? So I went to the, I didn't go to the coaches because I understand that Nike get a coach's $5 or $10 and then they'll sell your children right on down the river. I went to the parents and the parents went to the boy education and say, we ain't wearing my child who is the star basketball player on this team ain't wearing no Nike uniform because I work at a factory that make uniforms. And I was the first company in Chicago where the coaches told Nike, we can wear your we can wear your gym shoes, we can't wear your uniform. That's why I had 18 world champions high school in my uniforms. 
People don't know they come from a black company. Because we ain't never had no commercials. We never had no billboards. The only thing we do is work, Dr. Adams. And through the work, I got the largest, the longest black incorporation in the state of Illinois. I incorporated my company in 1990. Mm -hmm. I passed Sheen. I passed Johnson Publishing Company. I passed all of them black companies that was in Chicago that's out of business. And I sit down with them leaders, Ed Gardner, Bob Dale, who had a $100 million contract with the Illinois State Lottery. He said, Calvin, you know what? He said, man, you the only person I know that when I first met in 1990, is doing the same thing in 2020. And this is a multi-millionaire. And he said, young man, you keep going. He said, because, you know, you might not get the full benefit of this thing, but your, your children and your grandchildren. He said, I see this business lasting for 100 years. And we had about 30-something now. So I got to put the energy, and I know I got about, you know, the, you're, you're a pastor, the, 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 the Bible says 120 years, so I, I'm, I'm trying to get there, Dr. Adams, so, so I can hold on and at least share it with my children. But this ain't no bloodline business, man. Any young person that want to learn this trade, mm -hmm. I'm prepared to come to their city and teach them. Because they have nothing else. I did a, a research on Uber. 90% of the people that drive Uber got a college degree. Now, in Chicago, when you get in a taxi, they had a bulletproof glass in the middle and automatic locks. And now you mean to tell me with a college degree, you're going to let somebody sit in the back of your car with no protection. That's insane to me. So now we dealing with a desperate people. And ain't nobody, people are so embarrassed, people are so ashamed that they ain't even telling nobody that they got all these degrees. Because they've been, they've been relegated to an Uber driver. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Me, yes. Go ahead, Doc. Go ahead. Uh, I, yes, I, I, I want to kind of shift gears because of our time. I, I want to ask you, um, I know you're talking about uh, I met you uh, here in Memphis. Uh, um, by the way, I do want to say that uh, the governor of Arkansas, present governor for the uh, 50th uh, MLK celebration in Little Rock also wore a bee manufactured jacket on that day uh, as the MLK uh, celebration commemorated uh, that 50th year at the state capitol. And so you are wow. so right. Uh, your apparel has been worn and I'm a li living witness uh, that gov Governor Asa Hate uh, Hutchinson uh, was also a recipient of the MLK jacket, and 
wears it proudly. But I also want to ask you about uh, two things. Number one, uh, your uh, commitment to the state of Arkansas, and also number two, uh, you're coming to Arkansas and being actively involved in the candidacy of, of uh, Gary Tobar, who is running for the state uh, legislature, District 55. Uh, could you touch on both of those? Uh, if yes, you sir. Don't mind. First of all, I, uh, uh, my mom was born in West Helena, Arkansas, and her her last words to me was, uh, I took my $35, you wanted to be a tailor, and I scuffled every week to pay $35 for you to go to sewing school. And if you ever make it, which I know you will, I need you to go back to Arkansas and do something. Because when she was there, she was born in 1940, and her she didn't learn how to walk until she was eight years old. And a white doctor secretly took care of my mother. And uh, I didn't find that out until I was a, a teenager when my grandmother shared that story with me. And I promised my mom that her name would never be forgotten in Arkansas. Uh, and I promised her that I would go back to Arkansas and put a factory there. It'll be a uh, bee manufacturing company but my mom's name will be somewhere in that title where people will know that uh, Lenore Jarrett is the true, true founder of B Manufacturing Company because she invested in her only son when I had a dream, which she couldn't afford, but she found a way. And on her dying bed, she said to me, son, go back to Arkansas and do something for the people in Arkansas. I met Brother Tobar at your church, Dr. Adams, and my time spending with you and Tobar, you know, their goal, your goal was to create a factory down there. And I can never forget that y'all did everything y'all could for me to help me realize that dream. And when Tobar decided to run for office, my goal was to make him as visible as I could from the apparel standpoint, as I did Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, Danny Davis, every politician in Chicago that runs for office, they come to me for their apparel, T-shirts. And I just wanted to share that with uh, Brother Tobar because no matter whether what ticket he's running on, Republican, Democrat, the, the man has a heart for his people. And as I spoke at his fundraiser, when I said he would not only change Arkansas, I think with a victory, with a Tobar victory, I just think that we have the team to change America. And that's why I support uh, Gary Tobar the way I do, because I don't, you know, I'm a longtime Democrat because that's what my mama was. So I didn't know nothing about it. But now as I become adult, I understand that. It's the, the person and the spirit that carries uh, to uh, share 
in the victory for Tobar and C, uh, us put manufacturing back in the state of Arkansas uh, and, and, and put people back to work. Anybody that wants to be a part of our, our growing, uh, growing uh, vision, uh, my goal is to, uh, want, first of all, honor my mother and, and see the people in Arkansas uh, start changing their lives around and then take that model and take that model all over this country. When you speak of manufacturing, just the word manufacturing, especially from um, a, an apparel standpoint and a black perspective, uh, what uh, what would what could we expect uh, from a the manufacturing uh, perspective in manufacturing? That, that's a powerful question, Dr. Adams, because I was thinking yesterday, we're going to change this industry unlike you ever seen in America. Because it, it takes me back to when I say a seamstress. Fortunately, I can take a sewing machine and manufacture any product that you want to manufacture. I've manufactured curtains for the top hospitals in the country. I manufacture sportswear. When the COVID came out, we retooled, and now we're making 500 to 1,000 masks a day, which I know we'll be having for the next year and a half. It's 300 million people in America that will need a mask. So the, the, the range that we have is so strong. I could see us in a... a a hundred thousand square foot building with a hundred sewing machines manufacturing any product that people need manufactured. I think we're going to change America, Dr. Adams. God has put that in my spirit that we will be the anchor for bringing apparel manufacturing back to this country. Okay, let me ask you this, and I know that um, coming out of Chicago, um, the uh, president, as well as many of his cabinet members, uh, former President uh, Barack Obama, during his campaign pledge was to bring manufacturing back from overseas. And I'm sure at that time that had you very, very uh, height, um, very, uh, very in anticipation of uh, moving uh, in that direction. Uh, so, but I don't think it happened that way. So how have you um, come to uh, grips with uh, that uh, lack of, of commitment uh, from the top echelon of government uh, to help make what Calvin Jarrett envisions to be the American dream for most people. And what does it take to become uh, proficient in that business? Well, from the standpoint of the Obama administration, which, you know, I had a family member at the top of that uh, 
process and when when Barack uh, first uh, announced his campaign, you know, that's all they talked about was manufacturing. But, you know, politics is politics, man. You know, you get up there and, you know, you know, things change and things happen. I just don't think it could be done from that from I think it's got to be done grassroots. I think uh, because I did it grassroots and I know how to uh, create and make it happen. See, the problem, Dr. Adams, is that I'm going to be real. When you get to a level where I'm at, you have to make a decision. Either you're going to sell out, because I could have sold my company for hundreds of millions of dollars a long time ago, but just would have threw it in the river, because nobody wants to see our people advance. So, you, you have to make a choice out here, Dr. Adams. Either you want to help your people or you want to get rich. And I just chose, to, I just decided to help my people. So I don't, you know, from the standpoint of Obama administration, uh, I didn't even expect much from them because I talk to my aunt all the time. And I just understand how politics work. They got too much other stuff that they trying to deal with. I think right now, Dr. Adams, and I'll say this on record, we in the best position that we can ever be in because God is in control. Only thing we have to do is do what God called us to do. And I'm telling you, Dr. Adams, we'll go back on this pod call 365 uh, days later with different results. What what I want people to suspect from me, we're going to bring, we're going to find us a place and put some sewing machines in there and we're just going to go to work, Dr. Adams. And another thing that I learned about manufacturing is that when I first started, that I thought I needed to go in the bank with a business plan and contracts. Man, when you the manufacturer, you are the contract. You don't need no contract. You create your own contract. And once I figured that part out, then my business becomes successful. Because I don't need to wait on nobody to give me no order. I just go back fabric and create my own order. Because you got a hundred million people that's got an opportunity to buy a product that's in your hand. So I'm getting ready to make a hundred million masks, and if we don't sell but one at, at one dollar. We just made $100 million. So now the process, now I see God in it. See, I used to depend on man, but now I see God in it. I see God in it every day. And this thing is getting easier and easier for me, Dr. Adams, because I've been in it for 30 years. And the guy that taught me the industry, he said, Calvin, it's going to take you 30, 40 years to do this because, first of all, your people ain't going to even understand it, and their condition is not to support you. So I understand it now. So now I know how to attack this thing. Everybody that see our Martin Luther King uh, a uniform, they want it. And I, and I need to say this on this podcast. If you listening, you need to get your Martin Luther King jacket because our goal is to put that jacket on every black person in America because Martin Luther King 
did something for us that allow us to still be in existence today. So on every first Saturday in April, we celebrate Martin Luther King, just like on whatever day in baseball. Everybody in baseball wear number 42. We got to start doing stuff to celebrate ourselves. But the difference between this is that the jersey for number 42, they was made in China. The Martin Luther King jacket is going to be made in America. Wow. Wow. All right, you heard it from Mr. Calvin Jarrett, who is the founder and president of Be Apparel Manufacturing Company, headquartered in Chicago, Illinois, uh, but also seeking to reach out, branch out, to venture out into every city in America, every segment of American society. Uh, with a product from head to toe. And I can see what you're saying because even with uh, the face mask, it don't always just have to be uh, because of COVID. Um, it can be uh, in, the, in the winter, uh, a great apparel for, and I know in Chicago, what they call what is known as the Windy City, I'm sure that that, that uh, product as for the face mask uh, and with their, your own branding on it uh, can be a tremendous asset as being a walking advertisement uh, for a company or for an organization. And so I understand your, your, your vision for people to have their own brand. And you are giving us an outlet for it to happen, not by purchasing something uh, that's made in Indonesia or India, Pakistan or China or any of the other Eastern countries or Western as far as that's concerned. But the fact of the matter is your desire is for people to brand themselves and be proud about what they are wearing. And I'm believing that's what I'm hearing. Oh, no, no, no doubt about it. And I got, and, and, and it, I, and I want to be able to Dr. Adams because doing, through this COVID, this April 4th, man, it's going to be historical because I got people calling me from all over the country because our goal is to at, one o'clock Chicago time to do a moment of silence, not on the day Martin Luther King was born, because everybody celebrate the birthday. We won't we pick April the fourth because we just want the world to know we ain't forgot. And it's just a day of celebration. And I got people at one o'clock in Chicago at 10 o'clock in Las Vegas, in California, in Arizona. These people are wherever they are. If you don't have a King Street in your city, just stand with us on that day at that time to just do a moment of silence for Martin Luther King in your MLK jacket. And if I if I can, Dr. Adams, because I see people on here asking me where can they get the jacket from, you can call me at 773 773- 
619-849-8485. But I want to say every jacket that we make, 10% goes back into uh, uh, a jacket where we make for a kid. So if you pay to make a jack, buy a jacket for $60, $6 go toward us giving a kid a jacket. So we we given last year we gave away a hundred jackets to the youth in the city of Chicago. So we can do the same thing in your city, but not only that, if you get enough uh 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 people around, we'll come there and put a factory in your town and you create your own MLK jackets. And y'all create economic development. And now, no, not only do we have the MLK jacket, we got the MLK hat, we got the sweatsuit, we got the jogging suit. And man, this is just, it's, it's just a powerful, uh, uh, Minister Farrakhan said it in such a profound way. He said, Calvin, ain't nobody going to challenge you on this one. Because Martin Luther King was for everybody. And if we can wear Nike every single day that has nothing to do with us, at least we can take one day and say everybody in America is going to wear a Martin Luther King product that's made in this country because that was that was his vision. So it's Thank not you, nothing sir. that I created. God just used me as a vessel because I am in the manufacturing and it starts there. But not only do we make manufacturing, uh, MLK jackets. We make jackets for schools. We make jackets for your company. We'll make you a personal jacket. Ain't no order too small for us. If you call us and need one jacket, we're going to make you one jacket. And as I moved around, right. Dr. Adam, let, let me say one thing, Dr. Adam. I'm in Michigan. I've met a young lady in Michigan, man, got more talent than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And, and it's a thousand of her. And we just put a little money into her. And now she's in the a, a, a process of getting her a store. And she's creating April the 10th as her Martin Luther King Day in Pontiac, Michigan. So, uh, man, this thing is it's, it's just... It's just unbelievable, Dr. Evans. I'm excited about what we're going to do in Arkansas in April. So I just want to take my hat out to you, Dr. Adams, because you you have been such a, a first of all, you're my pastor in in uh, in Arkansas, and but you have just been such a a, a bright life in my life. So I just want to uh, uh, nationally say that so you can understand how much you mean to me. God bless you. You have been listening to Mr. Calvin Jarrett, founding president, B Power Manufacturing Company. Um, and let me just say this. I know from a personal perspective, uh, if you desire to be able to learn how uh, to manufacture using one of uh, machines that he had become so proficient in, uh, started at the age of 16, uh, learning this, and uh, is continuing to do so uh, this present time. Um, and if you have that desire, uh, would you give them your email address or some other uh, way of communicating with you so that uh, interested uh, individuals as well as companies may be able to contact you and be manufacturing company. 
Uh, my email is C is in cat, J A R R E T T C A L V is in Victor at AOL.com. Okay, did you all get that? He's going to give it to you again. C J A R R E T T C A L V as in Victor at AOL.com. All right. If you want to get in touch with uh, Mr. Jarrett for any um, reason, uh, whether it's uh, personal information uh, about coming to your town, uh, I do know that he has done workshops before. I know he has taught um, his course uh, at a state university. What was the name of that? It began with the P, I believe. Prairie State. Prairie State Prairie University in Chicago. Prairie State University in Chicago. Uh, he taught uh, these courses on that college campus as part of their extension uh, department. And so he is willing to lend of himself, give of himself for the betterment of all mankind and humanity to lift each other up so that we all can be self-sufficient in one thing or the other. I want to thank Mr. Jarrett on today. Do you have a parting word? Sir, I just want to thank you. Like I said, Dr. Adams, you mean so much to me. And I, I just want people to understand life at this time is so simple if we just understand that the most important thing that we do now is get rid of all of the, the hate and the jealousy. And we just need to come together as a people and understand that it's okay to love one another and educate one another. It, 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 it kills my heart to see some of the things that I see my people go to when they just don't have to go through it. So, Dr. Adams, I just want us to uh, continue what we do, and I want you and I and, and Brother Tobar uh, and, and the group to just go around this country, man, and let's, but let's make a strong, a strong showing in Arkansas, and uh, let's make uh, our communities great again from the perspective that we understand. And thank you, audience. God bless you. Thank you. This is Crossroads. I'm your host, moderator, narrator, Lee Adams, and you have been listening to our co-host, Mr. Calvin Jarrett, and Crossroads, where North and South meets East and West, and at the center point is where we are. And the question is, where do we go from here? God bless you. God keep you. We look forward to seeing you, hearing from you on next week. Have a great day. Yes, sir.